0: You know, I'm not too sure how it was that I survived high school. You heard me talk about last week how in my 20s I was not very bright. Uh, High school, I was even less so. Uh, I I did so many dumb things in high school that Stephanie has uh, many times asked me to stop telling the stories to the kids out of fear they may copy me. There was just so many things that I did. I made decisions on what to do based on what I wanted to do at the moment. Maybe looking a little bit into the future, but generally speaking, not much. It was all based around what I wanted, how it made me feel, what it is I wanted to do. You know, unfortunately, as we grow up into adulthood, there are many times we have to admit that sometimes that's still how we follow life. We still base decisions based on our experience and our intuition to try to figure out which direction is the wisest course of action. There was several years ago, and I know I've shared this story before, but several years ago, uh, I was in the break room of the place where I was employed, and there, was, there were these two ladies at the other end of the break room talking. And there was a younger college age girl, and then a retired lady, who this was her job she was doing after retirement. And the younger college age girl, she was showing the older lady some pictures. You see, she was a young college student struggling financially, trying to figure out how to make ends meet. And this job that she was doing was helping some, but didn't quite make all the ends meet. And so she decided to make a little bit extra money by posing for some photographs. You get the idea there. And she was asking the older lady what it is that she should do. You know, she was wrestling with it. Was this a smart choice? Well, the older lady revealed where her wisdom came from. And she looked at her and she said, well, as long as you enjoyed yourself, as long as you had fun, that's okay. That's all that matters. Wisdom. You know, sometimes we base our understanding of the best decisions in life on our own experiences, our own intuition, but it is not always the best course of action. It's not always the best way that we should go. You see, wisdom is at the heart of all moral and intellectual decisions that we would ever make. That's what wisdom is. It's a thing that helps to guide us to make the best moral or the best intellectual decisions that we will face in life. Everything from those big life altering decisions to the everyday minor course corrections that we make in life. Wisdom is at the heart of all moral and intellectual decisions that we would make. We all face decisions. Throughout our days, we often wonder, what is the best course of action for us? You know, when when we were younger, and younger folks in general, they may ask the question, well, who should I date? Or maybe on down the road a little bit, who should I marry? Should I marry this person or not? And we get a little older in life, and we may wonder, well, should I pursue this course of uh, jobs or career? Is that really the best direction I should choose? We get a little older and we're, we're wondering maybe along the lines of the best course of action, the best decisions for our household. We head on down toward life a little bit further and we're we're wondering what is the best course of action for our retirement. But we all understand, we all know that throughout the course of our days, everywhere in between that time frame and so much more, that we have those small decisions that have to be made. The small course corrections or do this or do that for, for now. And we often wonder what is the best or the wisest choice to make in these circumstances. That's something we all want. I mean, none of us really wants to make a dumb choice in life, do we? We don't want to make a, a poor choice that over the course of our years later on down the road, we look back on that decision with regret. Now, none of us wants to make that kind of a decision. All the t- decisions that we make, we want to make the wisest decisions. We want to make the best decisions for ourselves, for our families, for those we care about. Of course we want to make good decisions, but how do we do that? How do we know whether or not we are making the wisest choice in life? How can we know what is the wise direction? What if there is a better way? What if there is a way to, to know what the wisest choice of action was, the wisest course for us to pursue? What if there was something that we could look and hold up the decision against to determine is this wise or not? Well, there is. I mean, is. We've talked about this already, but we are beginning to understand, I hope you're, you're catching this, is that as we look at the attributes of God, we find the answers to life's questions. Well, the next attribute that we're about to look at from God, of, God's, of who God is, will help us with that decision-making process, to help us to make wise choices. And that is that God is wise. God is wise. It's not that He has some wisdom, or most wisdom, or that He's very wise. No, God is wise. He contains all wisdom. This is who God is. And if we want to be able to make better choices in life, understanding who God is in the aspect of His wisdom and how it is He would make decisions, if you could put it into such a basic, simplistic term, that would help us in our daily lives. Not only with the big decisions, but even with those smaller ones throughout throughout our days. Job 12, 13. To God belong wisdom and power, counsel and understanding are His. That means that wisdom comes from God. Wisdom comes from God. And then when you add to it that God is infinite, that we talked about already, that there is no limit to who and what God is, then you put those two together and now you find that God is infinitely wise, like I was just saying. It's not that He has most wisdom or some wisdom. God contains all wisdom. He knows all wisdom. Furthermore, when we understand that God is uh, beyond us, that, that God is beyond everything that we could know well then you begin to understand you couple that in with wisdom is that if you want to know wisdom is you have to understand if a decision is truly wise that it is because God has revealed that wisdom that the only way to understand that wisdom is that it comes from God and then when you throw in there that God is love which we'll get to, and and God is good, which actually is next week, and you begin combining all those things together, you begin to see that God is the source of all wisdom. And it really begins to change everything for us as we look at life. There are really only two types of wisdom that we may ever find. There is worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. It's really your only two choices out there. Worldly wisdom is a wisdom that is based in our best understanding of things. It's a wisdom that is based upon our experiences, our intuition. And in and of itself, it's not essentially necessarily bad. But oftentimes in worldly wisdom, this is what sets worldly wisdom apart from godly wisdom, is that worldly wisdom separates God from the equation. It takes who God is and what God would want out of the picture for making the decision in there. That's kind of the core of what makes it worldly wisdom. And any wisdom that removes God from the equation is not very good wisdom. Biblical writers often refer to that kind of wisdom as foolishness or unproductive. In many ways, it's a lot like I was as a teenager. It was wisdom my choices that I would or make, based on the wisdom I had was on my intuition. What is my gut telling me? It was based on my very limited experience. It was wisdom that oftentimes, actually probably almost all the time, took God out of the equation. Worldly wisdom is that that older lady giving advice to the younger lady. It's wisdom that took God out of the picture. Well, do you enjoy it? If you do, that's all that matters. See, that's worldly wisdom but now the other wisdom godly wisdom godly wisdom is not based in the same places godly wisdom is based in who god is based on his character godly wisdom it's a much different picture than the other it comes godly wisdom comes from the only one who can see the end from the beginning Remember, God is infinite. And, and God is also omniscient, which we'll get to in later weeks. Meaning that God knows all things. So God already understands what is the best course of action. And you add in there, He's the one who created us. He's the one who created our universe. Then you begin to see a picture in here: is so? Godly wisdom is based in the only person who really does know the answers. God's wisdom is perfect Wisdom. Because it comes from the only person who is without error completely, that being God. I mean, think of it this way. Jesus, during His earthly ministry, He never once had to back up and say, you know, I said that wrong. Let me, let me say it differently. He never had to go over to somebody and say, I, I'm sorry, I gave you bad advice, I told you the wrong thing. No, Jesus always had the right answer for every situation. Jesus always knew the best course of action for every circumstance that would come up. Because God has perfect wisdom. I don't know about you, but me personally, I've had to eat crow many times. You familiar with that phrase? phrase? It's an older saying. Not everybody seems to know that one. But eating crow means having to apologize or back up on what you've said. I've had to do it. Maybe you've never had to do that. Maybe you're much better than me at that, and hats off to you. But for me, I've had to go to somebody and apologize. I've had to go back and and talk to somebody and admit, you know what? I was wrong in this situation. I did the wrong thing here, and I'm sorry. I've had to do that more times than I wish to count. Why? Because unfortunately unfortunately, sometimes I still utilize worldly wisdom in decision-making in those smaller day-to-day decisions. Over time, yes, I'm getting better. I'm utilizing godly wisdom more often than worldly wisdom. But I know along the way I've, I've fallen short, so how can you tell? How can you tell if something is uh, worldly wisdom or godly wisdom? What can you do to work through that? How can we tell if a suggestion that is being made, a decision that we're needing to make or an intuition that we have in our gut. How can we tell if that is from God? If it is godly wisdom? Well, I would, I would put forward that it is this. It is based in these three reasons that we're going to look at this morning. Godly wisdom is always found in these three things. As we look at the decisions that we are facing and, and trying to decide, shall we do this or do that? Go this way or go that way? Whatever the thing may be, big or small, whatever it is, filter it through these three things that we're about to talk about this morning. And when you do this, this is what I often refer to as having a kingdom perspective as opposed to an earthly perspective. When you filter all of your decision-making processes through these three questions, or these three criteria, I should say, you begin having a kingdom perspective. You begin looking at things from God's point of view. So let's jump in here. First of all, God's wisdom is always for the greatest good. God's wisdom is always for the greatest good. Always. Us humans are finite. We are, we, we are limited by our small span of time and space. We, we have a very small perspective on the bigger picture, on the greater good. Oh, We try our hardest to see things, but when we try to make decisions based solely on our understanding of our world, we are basing a decision on a very small span of time and space. We have history to look back at, our own history, other people's history, and to learn from. And I really hope that we do learn from our history. Looking back at where we've come from as individuals, where we've come from as communities, where we've come from as societies, looking back at that history to learn from it, I hope we do learn from it because there's a lot that can be learned from it. But even at that, that is still such a small slice of what can be known. We're still limited. We still cannot see the end from the beginning. And remember, godly wisdom is from the person who can see the end from the beginning. Godly wisdom is from God. God is the one who's looking at the big picture. God is omniscient. He knows all things. He knows what is the best for us. You know, last weekend, a group of us went over to Lincoln Christian University to the leaders conference that was over there, and one of the main speakers was actually talking about this in an aspect. He was saying how at his church, uh, they look at all decision-making processes through the lens of answering this question, what's the worst thing that could happen? Now, I know we often use that in a, a humorous way, but they were using it in a very positive way in the church. What's the worst thing that could happen if we make this decision? He went on to talk about it this way. He said that um, no matter what a church does, it will always lose people. No matter what it does, it will always lose people. If a church makes a decision to make some changes, it will lose people. If a church makes a decision to make no changes, it will lose people. And it will also not reach people. That's just a reality. No matter what a church does, it will lose people. So they, an- they look to answer the question. What's the worst thing that could happen? He went on to tell it this way. He said, well, imagine it this way. Let's say as a church we make a decision to make some changes and people leave. Church people leave. What's the worst that'll happen? Well, likely they'll go down the street or across town and find themselves in another church. One day when they leave this life and move on into eternity, they'll be in heaven with God. What's the worst thing that'll happen? On the other side, if the church chooses to make no changes and people leave or people do not come to Christ, what's the worst thing that'll happen? Well, for the people who didn't come to Christ, one day, one day they will leave this earth and go on into an eternity not in heaven. What's the worst thing that could happen? You see, the the decision-making process is filtered through that question or that understanding, I should say, that godly wisdom is always for the greatest good. It is always for the greatest good. See, we live life in the here and now, don't we? We experience life with our senses, we feel life with our emotions, we understand life with our intellect. We live in the here and now, and sometimes, sometimes it is difficult to see life beyond what we experience with our emotions, our senses, and our intellect. And sometimes we cannot always see with our limited perspective the greater good. And that's why we have to look to godly wisdom, which looks for the greatest good. That's godly wisdom. We may be tempted to think about the here and now and answer questions like, well, how will this affect me now? How will this affect those I care about now? And we miss, we miss the bigger picture. We decide based on the here and now with little thought about the future down the road. But it's the greatest good that we must always consider when making decisions for our personal lives, for the life of the church, whether it's big decisions or small decisions, it doesn't matter. We must always look at what is the greatest good. The greatest good always has eternity in mind and eternal destinations. And that may or may not have anything to do with our comforts now. You know, not that long ago, we moved through uh, studying the book of Philippians, and, and we talked about it in there how uh, Philippians was in a place where Paul, later on writing to the uh, um, uh, Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians, Paul talked about it there, what had happened when he was up in uh, Philippi. Up in that area, the persecution, while Paul was up there, the persecution became so difficult, so hard, that he despaired even of life itself. That's what he wrote. That must have been pretty bad. But he said he despaired even of life itself. But he learned something there. He learned something there that he passed on to the Corinthian Christians that he wanted them to understand. A piece of wisdom that he came to understand about how God's wisdom is always for the greatest good. He shared with them in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 how it was that God comforted him in the midst of those difficult times. How life became so difficult there for him, but yet God comforted him. And this is the part that he said. He said that he realized God did not comfort him so he could be comforted. God had a greater good in mind. God comforted him so he could be a comfort to other people who would end up going through similar circumstances. as we face those decisions of life what is it that god may be taking you through so that you can grow so that you can become better to help other people god doesn't always comfort us just for us it may be that but it's always with the greatest good in mind if a church or its people see life from the now only or only look to the now well, they're, they've lost sight of the greater good. So whatever decisions it is that you find yourself facing right now, whatever it is that's coming up in your life, what's the greatest good for that situation, for that circumstance? If you choose this course of direction or, or that direction to go with, what's the greatest good? How does it affect the people in your life and you yourself? How does it bring about the greatest amount of good? Godly wisdom will guide you in that. It will help you to make that decision. How How will that decision affect your eternity? Your family's eternity? Your friends' eternity? How about your community? How will that decision affect for the greatest amount of good? Will the people around you, will they see God's character radiating from your life because of that decision? Will be, people be pointed to Christ because of what it is you choose to do? Everything we do must be pointing people to the reality of who God is. Pursuing the greatest good, in other words. God's wisdom is always for the greatest good. But secondly, godly wisdom or God's wisdom is always for the greatest number of people. God's wisdom is always for the greatest number of people. While we may look at the circumstances of our life and, and think that a certain course of action is best, we often still miss the, greatest pers- or the bigger picture in here. We often miss things. Worldly wisdom looks for those immediate results of how they affect me, how they affect those right around me, how it makes me feel. Worldly wisdom is focused in me and my circle. Godly wisdom is not. If a decision is based on how it will make me and those around me feel, and that's where it stops, we miss something. Worldly wisdom usually answers questions, well, do I like this? Do I want this? Is this what I desire? Often looks to how will it affect those closest to me, my friends and my family. It usually misses the greatest number of people. Often decisions that are based in answering these types of questions usually also answer the question that almost everybody asks. What's in it for me? If we make this decision, if I make this decision, what's in it for me? What, what good am I going to get out of it if I make that decision? That's worldly wisdom, by the way. Uh, don't get me wrong, not that every decision that's godly is going to always be, turn out bad for you, but we have to make sure that we're looking at the bigger picture. Is it for the greatest good for the greatest number of people? We may expand out our decision-making, like I said, to expand to a few, maybe a few more people. But oftentimes, it's still limited. In many ways, it's a lot like King Hezekiah in the Old Testament. Remember the story of King Hezekiah? We read about it in Isaiah, but, but in there, I'll get to a specific passage in a moment, but in there, Isaiah, or King Hezekiah was facing a situation. He'd just been told that if the nation of Israel continued in its course of action, that it was going to go into captivity once more. King Hezekiah revealed that he was making decisions utilizing worldly wisdom. If they continued in their current course of action, the nation of Israel would go back into uh, captivity. His response, Isaiah records it for us here in Isaiah 39.8. Th- uh, King Hezekiah said this, at least in my lifetime I will have peace. Did you catch that? His decision making was based on how it affected him and those closest to him. He understood because God had revealed to him that if decisions were not made, if choices were not made, if a course correction was not made, the nation of Israel was going back into captivity, and his only response was, well, at least in my lifetime, I will have peace. His concern was just a few number of people. Not the greatest number of people. And sometimes when we make decisions utilizing worldly wisdom, we're only looking to a few people and not the greatest number of people. But godly wisdom, wisdom which is based on God, looks at the bigger picture. God's wisdom is always for the greatest good, for the greatest number of people. It means our decisions are based on helping the largest number of people turn to Christ. And yes, yes, God is concerned about the one person. If He wasn't concerned about the one person, we better get some white out and eliminate the story that talks about the lost sheep. You remember that story? It's where the shepherd had a hundred sheep, and one of them got lost. Lost. And so he put the 99 in in some safe place, and he went off looking for the one. So yes, God is concerned about the one person. As a matter of fact, if you or I were the only human being on planet Earth, Jesus still would have died for you. That's how much you matter to him. God is concerned for the one. But don't take that story talking about the one lost sheep as if Jesus was referring to numbers there because He wasn't talking about numbers. He was talking about the greatest issue. The greatest issue in there is the need for reaching the lost. The greatest number of people. The the issue is that the 99 that are saved, they're saved. They're safe. God isn't as concerned about them because they're safe. But that one person out there, those lost people, they matter enough for, that, that we would take risks to make sure they're saved. God's wisdom always looks for the greatest good, for the greatest number of people. God's greatest concern is the greatest number of people being saved. Jesus came to earth so that all who chose to follow Him in loving obedience would be saved. Not just one or two. A church's purpose is to be God's light into the communities, pointing people to Jesus. Churches are to be reaching multitudes like on the day of Pentecost. Churches exist to point as many people to salvation as is humanly possible. No. No, let me, let me say that again. Point as many people to Christ as is godly possible. God's desire is for the greatest number of people to be saved. Always. And Sometimes in life though, I think sometimes we often we lose track of this, don't we? We think about our ordinary life, our everyday self, and we think, what can I do? I'm just one person. I mean, I can't change the world. I live in this small little corner of the world. We have to remember something. A very important truth here. If you are a Christ follower, you are Christ's ambassador. You know what that means? That means that you represent Jesus to every single human being you come in contact with. You are in some way living out who God is to them so they see God through you. I bet, I bet you bump into a lot of people throughout the course of your weeks and months you are christ's ambassador to them to point them to jesus god's wisdom is always about the greatest number of people we have to make sure that that we're not living like king hezekiah and just looking to our own life and our own people wisdom from god it's always for the greatest good For the greatest number of people. But finally, God's wisdom is also only or always for the greatest amount of time. God's wisdom is always for the greatest amount of time. Worldly wisdom isn't as much concerned with this reality. I know when I was young, my decisions were based upon immediate results. Is it fun? Will I enjoy it? I might look a short distance into the future, but I don't, didn't usually look very far. That woman I was talking about earlier, her advice was for the immediate future, not the, not the long-term future. The decisions that young lady was making, those decisions, they were taking her further and further from where God wanted her to be. Further and further down a path that took her further and further from God. Worldly wisdom isn't so concerned about the eternity aspect Of life if you don't have eternity with God if we don't have eternity with God the alternative is not what we want and it's not what we want for others either we always have to ask ourselves about the decision that we are facing the the course that we are considering is it for the greatest good for the greatest number of people for the greatest amount of time we have to ask that question Because all humans have eternity ahead of us. All humans have eternity ahead of us. For those who follow Jesus and demonstrate their love for Jesus through loving obedience, well, they have eternity with God. That's what God created us for. He created us to um, love Him and to enjoy His love for eternity. That's heaven. That's what He created us for. And we experience the greatest amount of satisfaction in life. We experience then what God has for us in eternity only through Jesus. But for those who reject God, for those who live life for the here and the now only, well, they have eternity separated from God ahead of them. And See, hell, contrary to popular belief, is not just a a good time or parties or continue life as normal. Hell is that realization for eternity that God had offered His love and they rejected it. And they get eternity separated from everything that is good, everything that is loving. And they know their decision made that. Let me be Captain Obvious for you here for a moment. Eternity is a long time. Eternity is a long time. And so as we're looking at decision-making processes, we have to remember that God's wisdom is always for the greatest amount of time. Not the here and now. It doesn't often or doesn't always include the here and now. Every decision in our life has eternal consequences in store for somebody. For us. for The people who are watching us. When we choose to live life, when we choose decisions, when we choose wisdom in ways that God did not design us for, we are choosing worldly wisdom. When we choose directions and courses of action that are in line with God's character, that match up with who He is, that is godly wisdom. That decisions that reflect and radiate out who God is into the lives of those around us and in our own life. That is godly wisdom. And wisdom is at the heart of all moral and intellectual decisions that we will make. So are you using godly or worldly wisdom? God's wisdom is always for the greatest good, for the greatest number of people, for the greatest amount of time, always. So the next decision that you're facing, ask yourself this question, is this decision for the greatest good? Is the greatest good sought after in this decision? Again, it doesn't matter how big or how small it is. Is this decision for the greatest number of people? How will this affect the greatest number of people? Now, don't get me wrong. Some decisions that we make may only affect maybe five or ten people. But is this for the greatest number of people? And finally, how does this decision affect the greatest amount of time? What are the consequences of that? What's the worst that could happen? You know, Paul was passing along some wisdom to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 10, 23-24, where he was helping them to understand about how to understand their decisions a little bit better. And he had this to say, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. We have the freedom to choose what we want. We have the freedom to go whatever course of direction we want, but not everything is beneficial. It might not be for the greatest good, for the greatest number of people, for the greatest amount of time. It may not be constructive, it may not bring about the things of God into the lives ourselves, other people. It may not bring about the greatest good. God's wisdom. Is always for the greatest good for the greatest number of people for the greatest amount of time here's a cool thing here's a cool thing all of us want to make better decisions in life don't we from our finances to our families our friendships our jobs whatever the course may or the, the the area may fall into we all want to make better decisions godly wisdom guides us in all of that And you know how you find God's wisdom? Third week in a row now, I'm going to tell you. You find God's wisdom by digging into God's Word. By creating that time with God that you regularly spend with Him. And spend it regularly getting into His Word to find out what is God's wisdom. What is the best course of action to bring about the greatest good for the greatest number of people for the greatest amount of time. As you're looking at these decisions, trust me, God has given us all that we need for life and faith there in his word to make godly wisdom decisions. So follow God's wisdom. Seek God's wisdom and follow God's wisdom. Here, here's another interesting, cool part to me. the book of James, God gives us his promise. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, just ask God, who loves to give it generously facing decisions in life you don't know what the best course of action is ask god the god who by the way it contains all wisdom the god who knows the end from the beginning the god who has the greatest good in mind for the greatest number of people for the greatest amount of time and god will guide you he'll help you to make the wisest choice